Hey y'all, welcome Welcome to the Abide Abide Podcast, where we talk about how to let love lead your actions as Jesus commands us in John 15, when he tells us to abide in him by loving God and each other. We're going to walk through what leading in love looks like every week by answering questions that are asked on our Instagram account and applying what God says in his word to answer those questions. This podcast is going to be hosted by me, Ashley Monk. And her beautiful husband, which is me, Michael Monk. (laughs) Yes. And for this first episode, we kind of want you guys to get to know us a little bit and get to know our personalities and our testimonies. So... Yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I kind of got it put together in my head already. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. He's prepared. Yeah. So sharing my testimony, I guess, um, meaning Christian testimony about how I came to know Jesus. Um, whenever I was in middle school, I got baptized. And I guess I don't really think I knew what it meant. Or if I did know what it meant, I didn't really know what steps to take after it. Because basically it was just kind of like, sinner's prayer, check off the box, what next? Yeah. Um, so I spent the next, like, like I said, that was middle school, so I was probably like 12, 13, 14 years old, something like that. Yeah. And then get to high school. High school was just really focused on grades and swimming because I wanted to go to a good college. But a lot of pride, really big in myself and my career and my future and stuff like that. So yeah. that's kind of where my thought was at, my thoughts were at. Get to college, joined the Corps of Cadets at A&M. And honestly, the first year I was pretty driven, I'd say I was a mechanical engineering major and didn't really do much partying or anything like that. But then the next year, my sophomore year, I switched majors into industrial distribution because I thought, all right, I'm going to the Marine Corps. What do I need a mechanical engineering degree for? (laughs) So you don't. (laughs) Yeah, I switched to a much easier major. Um, People at A&M call it pretend engineering, but it's it's a good major i think Mm. it's just easy i then like just started partying all the time Mm. um was very selfish person i was in a lot of relationships um and like you know one night stands all these crazy college kid things or whatever and honestly it was pretty bad to the people that i was in relationships with i remember it and like i probably hurt some people really really bad which i obviously regret now and eventually through the Corps of Cadets my senior year, I was able to meet a couple of really good guys who saw something in me, I guess, and they decided to ask yeah. me to read the Bible with them. And I kind of, my eyes were opened a little bit, I guess, because we were going through the Gospel of John. And I had always always viewed like Christianity and God, I guess, after getting baptized, is it was like a set of rules and basically you to live a certain way you'd go to heaven or something like that yeah. and it was like i didn't want to live that way like i wanted to be single for the rest of my life and just party and do whatever i want not have any weights to hold me down and then through these guys like discipling me and just kind of like showing me what it truly means to believe in jesus it really made me question kind of what i thought too and you know i was like obviously a mechanical engineer so i was kind of like agnostic I guess you'd say like I wasn't even sure if God 100% existed but that Christmas that Christmas break what kind of like tipped me onto the edge to made me give my life to Christ was I read this book called Tortured for Christ by Richard Wormbrand and he was a pastor in Romania during the communist occupation so post-world war ii 
the communists go into Romania and basically these Christians were told to give up their Christianity or they would be imprisoned and executed. And these people, for some reason, did not deny Jesus. Instead, they chose to follow Jesus and remain faithful to him. And it led to a lot of, you know, like the things that he wrote about in this book. It's like if you had told me at the time, like, think of the worst thing you could possibly do to somebody, I wouldn't have been able to think of the stuff that they did to these Christians just for believing in Jesus. But the fact that they were able to go through all of that torture and, like, have joy, you know? Like, he wrote about it in those Christians that were being, like, tortured and beaten. They, They had this, like, incredible amount of joy, and they would sing hymns while they were being tortured. They would be happy, and they would pray for the people that were torturing them. And eventually the torturers would even get converted and then get thrown into prison and get tortured for Christianity. And it's like, what the heck? Like, what's going on here? So that kind of made me challenge my faith. And I was like, man, these people, they for sure have something that I do not have. Like, I, I never would have, I never would have given myself to Christ in that kind of way. But like, I wanted it, you know, like, they truly believed and truly understood that their treasure is in heaven. Yeah. So the worst thing that you can do to them on earth, which is kill them, is really the best thing that you can do for them because you're letting them be with Jesus. And then after that book, I read Case for Christ and like uh, On Guard by William Lane Craig and kind of better understood like the apologetic side. And I was like, man, I guess like it doesn't make sense atheism to me at least right now this is a topic for another date but it doesn't make sense to me really yeah so i eventually decided to trust in jesus and that led to me you know this so this was in december and i think that january 1st i went out and literally had like like went to a new year's party with my friends and me and one of my other friends had like a contest to see who could make out with the most girls at this new year's party and this is mm-hmm. after i decided to be a christian So I come back from that and I go hiking with one of my buddies who's discipling me. And I was like, dude, I feel really bad about what I just did. Like, Mm. that really sucked. Yeah. And he's like, dude, don't. First off, you're forgiven. And he said, don't just sit there and try to be a good person. Look for Jesus and the rest will come. You know, so that's what he told me. And that was just like so contradictory, I feel like, to some of the stuff that you might get preached to in churches. Yeah. And it was just like, like grace, you know, it was like truly grace. And I was like, this is incredible. So at that point I was all in, I went and got baptized. You were there. I had met you by that point. Yeah. And after I got baptized, we started dating. That was a whole adventure. We got engaged after like three months of dating. I'll let you go through the marriage the marriage journey okay. on your testimony <laughs> because I know you tell the story much better than I do. You're but <laughs> but got engaged. After we got engaged, I went to officer candidate school for the Marine Corps. Yeah. Graduated OCS and then came back, finished up college, got married, commissioned in the Marine Corps. Just finished up the basic school in Quantico, Virginia. Which is where we're still at. We're going to be here for another six months. Yay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to my next school, which is the infantry officer course. Yeah. 
um, that'll be an adventure. I'm excited for it and prayers that I can make it through because it's a pretty tough course. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that pretty much covers my whole testimony. Yeah. Um, I guess some other things like being a Christian, like being passionate about things whenever after you and I, you know, had been engaged for a little bit. Yeah. There's this crazy situation where I had made just enough money from OCS to be able to afford all of my rent and meals, like exactly for the, my next semester mm -hmm. of school. Yeah. And I got a ticket, a 315 or $331 ticket, excuse me, $331 <laughs> ticket for riding my bike through a stop sign. <laughs> And it was crazy. Like, literally, this car was at the stop sign. You know, it started going. So I just went with the car. That's, like, the safest thing to do as a cyclist. Is That's it? what you're thinking. Yes. And get pulled over, get the ticket. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to get a job now. And the reason that I didn't get a job is because Ashley and I wanted to be intentional with each other. Yeah. Like, that season of being engaged. Just, like, test what we were doing and, like, making sure we were making the right decision. Because there was a lot of people doubting... Yeah. And I think even at times we doubted it too. Yeah. Pretty but, much everyone in our life. Definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what ended up happening is I told my pastor about it whenever we were getting coffee together sometime, just catching up. And apparently they had switched their way. They do their children's ministry. So people give money to the church for the children's ministry. And they had switched the giving method from cash to online. So they had this $330 of cash left over the exact amount for my ticket and I told him about it and he was like this is for you like I think God orchestrated this to show you something it is really cool thing but yeah anyways that was just a beautiful like God showing his faithfulness I think to not yeah. worry you in know. a season where we were really doubting pretty yeah. much everything yeah um, that was for sure God's provision yeah. and it was awesome but I eventually got a job working for, um, working with some guys. One of them had Down syndrome, and I was yeah. a physical trainer for him for a while, little while. His name is Q. He was awesome. Yeah, we yeah. would go work out for, for like two hours or so a week together, and then worked with Tim. Yeah. Tim is a pretty close friend now. I feel like, yeah. but he has yeah. cerebral palsy, and I was basically like one of his helpers. That's what yeah. we called it. So I got to work with him and we would just hang out all day and listen to music. He loved going to record stores and all that stuff. So we yeah. would, I would drive him. We would go to this record store in College Station called Curious Collections. And we would spend a lot of time there and stuff. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's kind of like in the middle, I guess. But that's kind of like where my passion was before the military, I guess, was just like helping people and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. It's so rewarding. And yeah. yeah. But now being in the military, obviously it's a little bit different of calling, but I'm super excited to see what God has in store for it. Yeah, it's definitely a good playing field for God's love. Um, at OCS, I remember Michael would call me in. He would be like, first off, this sucks. Second off, um, you know, like I got to pray with five people this week and they asked me to pray for this. And I got to share the gospel with this many people and just seeing uh you kind of flourish in that season made me love you so much more we were <laughs> engaged uh, but thanks babe for sharing that that's mm -hmm. really sweet and um i guess my story is very similar to michael's um i 
had been baptized a couple times. Once, I think, when I was in middle school and again when I was in high school with my mom and would say I really didn't know Jesus, either of those, which is a sad statement to make. Um, I think I, I spent a lot of time in church in, in high school even. Uh, my mom had married a guy that had a really great church in Dallas and we went a lot, but I made some really poor choices. Um, my dad and my mom got divorced when I was young, similar to Michael, and um, just really crazy family dynamics. Like Michael and I both have really crazy family dynamics. But out of that, graduated when I was younger than most. I graduated when I was a junior and went to college and ended up dating a guy who was um, sober at the time off heroin. And uh, that was that was a normal thing for Ashley. I was I was chaotic and lost and crazy. And I ended up going to Austin because I wanted to go to Texas really bad. I was like, I want to go to Texas. I'm just going to move to Austin and pull a trigger and do it. And I did. And I was super lonely and super depressed. And I had no friends that semester. And so I moved home, went to UTA, rushed Theta, and began the party lifestyle. And in between all that, I ended up um, getting out of that relationship. Praise God. But that guy broke up with me. And he, he was, that was a good breakup because it led me to read a book by JP out of Harris Creek Church who had started The Porch um, in Dallas at Watermark. And I was like, man, I love this book so much and I'm so interested that I'm going to start going to The Porch. And so I did. And for about a year, I went to The Porch and I would bring people along, um, really living a lifestyle of, of the devil. Lots of boys, lots of drinking, lots of illegal activity. And yet, would go to church and like just was in it was in it so much that I wanted to join and then the world shut down and in this period my cousin had told me about a discipleship program called Kaleo and I was like terrific boys drinking and a beach and I had a job where I was going to get money for school because they offered a scholarship if I worked there over the summer and so I was like this is going to be terrific this is I'm living it so I put $400 in which is literally all I had at the time um, for the down payment. And I prayed, God, if you, if you really want me, you, you'll raise the rest because I don't have anything. I was working full-time and I was going to school full-time. And within two months, God had raised the rest of the $3,000. Um, and so I just really saw his provision in that season of people I didn't even know, anonymous people that would give. And so I went and I kept hearing these people talk about Jesus. And I was like, terrific. I, I love Jesus. He's great. But yet, again, still really lived like the world and still just didn't know anything. And these people kept talking about their testimonies and how God had radically 180 changed their lives. And they were a completely different person. They were not drinking underage. They were not um, hooking up with boys anymore. They were, they were completely different. And I was like, I don't understand. I've prayed this sinner's prayer like four times. I've been baptized like two already like mm -hmm. I if anyone is saved like I'm saved what do you mean and I went to the girl that was leading our group and had a conversation with her and she said Ashley there's two questions I need to ask number one like do you believe in Jesus do you think that he was a real person and I said Emma 90% of America believes in Jesus like pretty much everyone in the world believes that he was a real person and um, there's like evidence 
And she said, great. Do you trust him 100%? And I said, no. I can't see him. I can't trust him. Like, my family is pretty broken. Like, I had strayed relationships with pretty much everyone at this point. And I was like, I am making my way through college. And no, I, I don't think I can put 100% trust in something. And she said, well, that's your answer. And I said, okay. Um, so I sat on that for about a day. And we were sitting. And I just remember God tagging on my heart. And I was like, man, I don't have 100% God, but I have 70. And Maddie and Emma were sitting there, the girls that were leading um, this group at the time. And I was like, I really feel led to pray and really do this. And they were like, it's your choice. It's your journey. You have to like make a decision. And so I did. And I prayed and I said, God, I have 70%. If you'll cover the 30, you can have everything. Like I'll stop drinking. I'll stop having sex like I'll, I'll I'll literally stop everything like I will stop the boys I'll stop the alcohol I'll stop the like um illegal activity like I'll, I'll I'm done uh if you'll really take it and you'll heal my heart of a lot of these broken relationships because I've put my heart into a lot of things that didn't fulfill like I have nothing um to give you except really me and a little over a month after leaving there I was in a relationship at that time with a guy who also was um, a pretty heavy smoker and that really, he didn't, he didn't love me. I think he wanted to, but he didn't. And it, I found out when I came home, he was sleeping with one of my friends um, in the same bed that I had just slept in with her the next day. And I had gotten declined to nursing school for the third time. And I had really felt a pull to move to College Station, which was three hours away from Dallas, where I was from. And it was because my mom was moving um, down to outside of Houston. My dad already lived in Houston. And my grandma, I knew, was going to move to outside of Houston, too. And so there was really nothing for me in Dallas except boys and drinking, which I wanted to get away from. And so I pulled a trigger and I said, I'm going to move to College Station, this town where my ex was in. I'm never going to run into him in the church, though. So (laughs) I'll move. I'll pull the trigger. I don't know anyone. And I'm going to start a new life. And I did. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. About a month in of just going to a church and a random Bible study, I met one of my best friends, Laurel Reed. And out of that, we met Maddie. And we all roomed together with another one of our friends that next year. And over that period, I realized in really what the Lord stripped after that month when I came home was my idols. He stripped my idol of... Um, nursing school and a career in money and he stripped my idol of men and I kept just feeling a tug of like I need to give up boys I need to be in a season of singleness where I'm intentionally pursuing the Lord because I need to get out of this season where a boy is what fills my heart because it's it's not gonna work Um, the the affirmation of a man is never gonna fill me so I did I deleted you know socials and just did it and it sucked and I wasn't good at it. Um, and there was definitely times where I really did fall into sin and temptation in that. But for the most part, the Lord really changed me. And there was nothing I did except be obedient to read. I was doing the one-year Bible at this point, And so I was reading the word for almost two hours a day and discipling women left and right, just literally being intentional and loving them and reading the Bible with them. And Kiki happened to be one of those people. And Kiki is also one of my best friends now. And we formed an incredible relationship out of that. 
And I saw women come to Christ. I saw women change their lives just out of literally hanging out with people and being intentional and reading the Lord's word. And out of that six months, I met Michael in a church pew at Restoration. And I, again, I didn't have many friends. I only had a couple and Laurel was one of them. And so I went to church alone and the only seat in the house was next to Michael and his friend, Ryan Appleby. I saw the haircut. I was like, well, they're in the course. So they must be nice. Let's hope they're nice. And so I asked if I could sit and I did. And Michael asked me after the service, what's your name? And later on, he told me, no one goes to church alone. So I knew you probably didn't have many friends and I just wanted to be nice. And of course I thought you were pretty. And that makes me laugh now because I didn't think really anything of it except that he was being nice. And he was. So later that afternoon, we actually ended up at a membership meeting. um, And I was again sitting alone and Michael came over to me and he said, hey, do you want to sit with me and my friend? And we were all joining the church um, unknowingly together. And I did. And we talked a little bit after that meeting. And I was like, hey, I have to go. I have to go to work. But if you want to get coffee, I would love to. Here's my number. And Michael texted me a couple hours after. And I was like, uh, hi, do you, when do you want to get coffee? We ended up seeing each other the next day. Um, we got ice cream. And I ate the whole bowl of ice cream. And Michael tells me now that he thought it was super impressive that I had put down an entire waffle cone bowl of ice cream. <laughs> of ice cream fast before i finished mine you're like half of me yeah you weigh half as much as i do and you destroyed that thing it was great <laughs> is that when you knew man i'm gonna marry this girl no 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 but i was like <laughs> mortar than meets the eye i guess yeah yeah and we talked about life and we talked about really how complicated our lives were and the hurt and the brokenness and a lot of the same things I had been through, Michael had been through, and I'd never met someone who had been through um, really as similar things as I had. And there wasn't any explaining that needed to be done. He knew the hurt. He knew the hurt from those situations because he had been in them. And we kept hanging out. And there wasn't a single time where Michael flirted with me in that two weeks that I was finishing up. Um, I think it was even maybe four weeks where I was finishing up my season of singleness. There was never, hey, you're cute. Hey, you're pretty. Hey, you look beautiful. I think you're hot. I think you're sexy. Whatever it was, Michael never said anything that could have come off as flirtatious. And I respected him so much more in that season because I don't know a man who could have kept his cool and guard up like that with somebody when we were together a lot. And all of it was like usually in group settings, but we did sometimes work out together and you never flirted with me. And that to me was the biggest sign of respect because I was finishing a season where I really needed to be intentional with God and you respected that over everything. And that meant the world to me. And so after that, you asked me on a date and we dated and we went on right after we started dating a longer really break for prayer and taking time to really pray through, is this the right move? And after we did that, we came back together and we decided, yeah, we, we do want to date. We really knew each other by this point. We knew our hearts. We had been really best friends. We had established that I had established that you were the most godly person I knew. And you had told me that I was the same and we're called to marry the godliest person we know. So there really wasn't a reason in which we shouldn't get married. Now it was just time to evaluate whether we were each other's person. And so we did. 
and we established very quickly. And we knew that we needed to get engaged before he left for OCS, but that only gave us a couple months. And if we didn't get engaged before OCS, then we probably weren't, I wasn't going to be able to plan a wedding before we needed to get married in December because we didn't know when he was going to be leaving after December. And mind you, this was February when we met. And so we just did. We pulled a trigger. It made a lot of people really angry. And that was a really hard season on so many levels. It felt like we pretty much lost a lot of people, even people that we thought we were really close to. People just didn't agree. But yet we knew, like I knew in my heart and Michael knew in his heart that this was what the Lord was calling us to. Um, And we look back now and, you know, I definitely think the Lord did that for a reason. He pushed us in an uncomfortable situation and brought us deeper into intimacy with him and each other in ways that really I couldn't have ever imagined would happen in a season of engagement. And I think it's for what we are in now, which is the infantry. And it sucks. You're gone a lot. Um, and you're in dangerous situations. And I think if I hadn't gone through all that with you and we hadn't gone through that together, we wouldn't be able to make it now. And I think the Lord really prepared a foundation for us in that. So that's a little bit about us and how we came to know Jesus and Michael's work history. He told y'all a little bit about that. The last year and a half, I've been back and forth to El Salvador um, working for an na- international nonprofit called Shelter the Homeless International Projects. And Anne and Sarah and Susan and Robert are the sweetest people ever. They run SHIP and it's based out of College Station. We have grounds in El Salvador. We build schools and we help spread the gospel and give really that community there something. And it's a light of Jesus. And it's the sweetest thing ever. I couldn't imagine uh, my life not knowing that world now. So that's what I've done. And right now I now work for Heartbeat International, helping in the pregnancy help movement. Um, and it is awesome. And I'm absolutely loving where the Lord has me right now in this season. So that's kind of our history of what the Lord has um, done through us. And now Michael's obviously in the Marine Corps and gets to love on those guys and show them the light of Jesus. So we hope. <laughs> I'm faithful. <laughs> yeah. Try. Yeah. But, you know. It's not always easy. Yeah. Yeah. It is not always easy. <laughs> it's not, no. And so I but. started the WOW podcast back four or five months ago, and um, it quickly grew into more. And just after conversations, even with some of your friends and together, we decided that this is what the Lord was calling us to. And Michael and I both have a past. For me, it was 19 years. And for you, it was 23, mm-hmm. where we didn't know God. And there's a lot that happened in that. And even now being married over a year, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Really, we've been married over a year. Yeah, I know. It's weird. <laughs> like, we have been through a lot, even in our marriage. Yeah. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. And we want to share that with you guys. And we want to answer questions. And so, like we said at the beginning of this, every single week we'll post on Instagram and you guys will get to answer the question of what do you want to hear on the abide podcast? Yeah, We'll try to be consistent, but the next couple of months are going to be kind of inconsistent in the monk household. So we will do our best. Our goal is to try to release something every two weeks that might change. Obviously, like we want to co-host this together, but there might be episodes where it's just Ashley or Ashley and a friend 
me, her, and a friend. Yeah. Or there might be episodes where it's just me and a friend or something like that, you know. So we appreciate you guys and your flexibility with us because yeah. it's at least these couple of months, it's going to be kind of good little roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited to see the the ways in which the Lord works through this. And Michael is an incredible teacher. And the way that he leads our household is the sweetest thing to see. I'm excited. I'm excited for there to be a platform in which a man and wife get together and talk. Yeah. There aren't many of them. At least I haven't seen any. There's a couple, but not not in the way in which we're going to do it in a biblically based way, um, answering questions and trying to find answers of what the Lord says so that we can grow in leading out in love and grow in abiding mm-hmm. in the Lord. Yeah. And as far as you guys asking us questions, there's not really any rules for it. You can ask yeah. us about finances, ask us about education, like sex, ask us about, yeah, shoot, you can ask me about infantry stuff. I love, I am a nerd. All right. <laughs> when it comes to military things, I eat it up. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Obviously, you don't have to, but... (laughs) He's like, but for those out there. (laughs) But we're really excited about this, and we're really excited to answer your questions. So please be honest, be real. Um, We promise that we will be honest and we will be real, but it will always be biblical, and it'll always come from what the Lord says, um, because that is our authority in everything. And so... Yeah. Jesus is king. Yeah. Amen to that. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to add? No. You did a good job. Thanks, babe. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the Abide podcast. Every Sunday, we will post the questionnaire on our Instagram story that you can answer anonymously to tell us what you want to hear about or questions that you want answered. We hope you'll share this with a friend or someone you know that would like it. We look forward to diving deeper into God's word with you next time. We also hope that you hearing our testimonies was encouraging and pushes you to make sure you're leading in love.